Hello and welcome back to the Trucking Driver podcast. I'm delighted to be joined once more by Paul O'Callaghan, who's literally just stepped back in the door from... Switzerland, Dougie. That's the last little foray. Little foray. So I've been... <laughs> little foray, yeah. Well, it's not really... It's not really that uh, far of a distance, really. Well, especially now that we're, we're going. It's all direct ferries. So um, I've done two now on the, on the trot. Went out last uh, Tuesday night, so... Um, Generally, when you get a midweek load, we call it a Tuesday load. You know, you go out on the pretty new ferry. They're actually a brand new ferry this year, Stena Estrid, lovely ferry, single cabins, and um, you just get off that, and, and you're off then Wednesday evening, make it as far as somewhere out the other side of Paris. And then um, last week, I went into a little border, Schaffenhausen there, Tangen, and they have to do do customs at the border. So it's a fair while since since I did that, like 15 or 16 years, but it's um, pretty easy. You know, you have to go and you have to go to a customs agent, and they take 10 minutes and deal with your paperwork and then they tell you to go and see the German customs and then the Swiss customs and you get a couple of stamps but the, the thing you have to remember to do is you have to pay your road tax so you have a little yeah. ID card which is attached to the truck yeah so you put that into a machine enter your kilometres put your fuel card in or whatever method you're going to use to pay it and on the way out you have to write your kilometres on a little slip of paper that machine spits out and then they, I think it's pretty expensive it's like a euro per kilometre something to, to drive in Switzerland driving in Switzerland for a truck yeah, that's what I was told. Yeah. Oh. So, for example, after after I unloaded, um, when I when I no actually I went I went back into Germany to reload, but I went out through that same border, so that I was doing less kilometers in in Switzerland, if you know what I mean, rather mm-hmm. than going over to the Basel. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a funny little country, Switzerland. Never never joined the the EU, and so you have to do all the paperwork no, there and put your own little. It's a very wealthy country, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're in the customs union, which Britain isn't. Correct, yeah. So I don't know what the difference, what difference right does that, that make. Yeah. What difference does that make in terms of doing uh, customs then? What? <laughs> What's the difference for you? What was the difference for Maybe you between going into Switzerland ooh. compared to going into the UK now? Now that you, we're both out with the EU, and you're still in it. Uh, I I don't have see. We've been we've been avoiding we've been avoiding going back into the into the UK really, which is. What most, uh, what most, ah, uh, that's right. You and companies from Ireland have been doing is they've been, mm-hmm. yeah. Ah, see, we're just you... getting that direct ferry. We're just shipping, we're shipping <laughs> from France back, yeah. But then again, you have to remember, I suppose I the population of Switzerland is only something like nine nine million people, so they're they're not going to be getting the same volume of stuff coming no, in. And they're, they're, they've been doing that for years. They're they're pretty well organised. Like you can be in out there in half an hour, you know. Oh, it's a beautiful beautiful country. Beautiful place, Switzerland. It's immaculate. It's yeah, so, be- um, beautiful country. Yeah. Loads of it is, yeah. Some, really... um, some nice trucks there as well and you could you could definitely tell you know the affluence is evident there um where i parked i parked up in a little um just a little small place that we're making i don't know sports nutrition kind of stuff up and just up in the mountains somewhere outside zurich and um while i was just went out for a little bit of a walk and while i was there like just the cars that were there like you know i don't know porsche 911s and you just look around and then there's like a you know one of those um like a GL sixty three AMG, you know those big Mercedes mm-hmm. GL wagons, and just ca- cars that like in the space of like ten minutes, you know BMW and M five, just massive, huge wealth there. Um, but in relation to the trucks, then you'll you'll see a lot of rigid and drags that we you know, we don't have really over here, and little kind of turntables on them. And um, when you're driving there, you have to be off the road by I think it's like nine p.m. at night. No no trucks allowed on the road after that. No night trunking in Switzerland. No, no, I don't no, like trucking in Switzerland. No, maybe they're they a, don't. They're a weird bunch. I, I remember I did a banger rally. They are a weird 2006 bunch. 2006 through Switzerland. 
And um, we got told oh, really yeah. seriously, we got told do not speed in Switzerland because if you get caught, the fines are okay. enormous. And they've got some of the best roads in the world, but they don't seem to want to drive on them. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the roads are mm. wasted on mm. the Swiss. They don't, Possibly, yeah. <laughs> True, yeah. I was actually I was expecting the roads to be an awful lot um, smoother than they were. But they're not. So I don't know if, no, I, th- I thought they were going to be better. Um, they weren't as like they weren't as up to the standards of of the uh, what you get in um, in France, for example. You know, just that real billiard smooth kind of motorway yeah, that's way, surface. But uh, no, so that's I was driving, I uh, Switzerland. That's interesting. That maybe it's gone downhill mm, since I was mm, there. It was a long time. It was fifteen years yeah. ago now. Then again, then again, I was driving a Scania doogie. Yeah, but you know, well, what Scania? Were well, you driving a Scania with the tag axle up on it? No, 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 no. I had two? a four by two. Had a th- uh, yeah, four, but, Four by two, twenty fifteen R 500s nice truck, but just yeah, this kind of wouldn't really. The, the one thing I do know is about the new ones, about the S's, they are an awful lot smoother than mm-hmm. than the outgoing model. Plus, I didn't really have much weight on. I had a Euroliner, and it's pretty light as well. So you know, sometimes a little bit of weight can yeah help you glide over the roads a bit more. So that was oh, yeah. that was it. But um, yeah, I came back came back after that trip. Shipped in. There was a new crossing there, Dunkirk, back into Rosslare. So that was a funny kind of a ship. It was a destination Gotland. It's a ship which normally travels between Stockholm and uh, the island of of Gotland. And so they have it chartered. So it was a weird ship, but it was more designed for passengers. It had a lot, an awful lot of seats. So it had about I don't know a thousand seats with like little numbers on it, the very same as you would on an airline. So they've been there's a couple of those just been drafted in just to help out with the with the volume, you know, um, DFES yeah, the, have them chartered. The demand. In. So yeah, yeah. Well, the demand. Yeah, so just came well. in on that, and then so the second I did, a, I did a second trip in the, in that same truck, and came in last night on a little Stenner freighter. It was called the Stenner Foreteller. So we we embarked in in, um, in Cherbourg at about eleven p.m. Saturday night, and we didn't leave until midday the next day. We didn't leave the port because mm-hmm. the sea was so rough, and of course, once once we get out into into the sea then it was a case of yeah just laying oh. just stayed in that bunk and didn't get over it but it was only a freighter so it was a really it was a funny ship ship it was really really long but really narrow and it's it only had um we'll say accommodation up at the very front of the ship the rest of it was like an open top deck so there was only there's only 10 drivers on it now the rest is drop trailers but uh geez i was like i was like glad to get off it it was um you could just hear the waves just crashing against the bow and um oh. that went down for that went on for most most of the night, so I think I might. I'm going back out and doing one more uh, trip in that truck. The regular driver is off for a few weeks; he's taking his holiday. So um, I'm going back out in that again tomorrow. So fair chance I could be back out in, on that little little ship. But um, actually, I just want to say as well, um, thanks very much to uh, Glan. Glan listens to the podcast, and he gave me an awful lot of help just with the little ins and outs of little things I needed to do in Switzerland. So Glenn is a Welshman uh, living in Ireland. He's with driver of that company for twenty years. So you can't beat a little bit of local knowledge and a bit of experience. No, Dougie helps you along the way. <laughs> so thanks, know, Glenn. That's, that's really good. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that the seas will yeah. settle down for you. You know, is it is it a winter sort of thing with a bad with a bad weather and um, yeah. Yeah, rough season things it will settle down as it gets into summer it's, um, it's definitely definitely a winter thing Doug yeah because I set out with my, I got my laptop uh, before we left the port I just just for a bit of fresh air the cabins are pretty stuffy and I set out with my laptop and I was going I was started editing, editing an article I have in, in preparation for you and uh, I had great intentions of sitting out there but once, once I was good at, that was it but during the summertime you know you probably you'd like to see is like camera you could sit out there in the sun and yeah it'd be, it'd be grand no, I noticed that. I, um, the last time I went over to Northern Ireland, I was just on the, the Larn to Cairn Ryan ferry, but that was a bit, a little bit bouncy. And I was trying to edit an article on the laptop. <laughs> yeah. 
and I started to feel nauseous, like started to feel sick yeah. from it. And I'm like, what's going on here? And I was yeah. like, that's, I was like, that's the boat that's doing that. So I just had to shut the laptop and then that's the boat is doing I just started yeah. paying attention that's to right. like you what was going on. Then I was okay again, but I couldn't. I was like, right. "Oh, I don't like that." It's quite horrible yeah. when it comes on, yeah, because it That's comes right. out of nowhere. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling, yeah. Uh, Especially yeah. while there, you're not. At least you know you're only going to be on it for a few hours. But with the likes of that one, you know you're going to be have eighteen hours of it. Anyway, oh. so um, just a quick little one. I'll finish off on as well. I've an interesting, I've an interesting little tale from the road. Um, Go for it. I was I was driving home in my car and I, I just went to a little town of a tie and I saw a guy thumbing on the side of the road. I was thinking, well, that's something you see very often no, you now, don't, no. especially with blab. No, so but I, I, I always give people lifts. I'm one of those sort of people. Well, you're just, still alive. Just, you always hear an interesting story. Exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it'll, it'll be all fun and games until I fail until I fail the COVID test tomorrow, and then uh, you know we have <laughs> just look. Anyway, so no, um, so I, I sized him up and pretty agey guy, pair of jeans, work boots, and a high vis jacket, and I thought, well, well, he's not a you know he's sometimes these kind of vagrants of the road. You let them in, it's like oh, I smell a drink, but I was thinking, well, there's no pubs open. It's early in the morning. He's up. He looks like he's he, he has you know good intentions for the day. So. Let him in anyway. How are you going? Oh, Grant. Yeah, no problem. He told me where he was going. So it was only a few miles up, up past um, between Kilberry and Kildang, and for anyone who knows that area. And um, he was going to work. So I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm loading bales onto a truck. So I presumed he was driving a, a telehandler, teleporter. So as it transpired, what he was doing is he was, they were loading like the goods of 900 little square bales of straw onto a 45-foot onto flat trailer. But what they had was they had round bales, which they were feeding into a machine, which was feeding it directly into a square baler. Because obviously now no one makes square bales anymore, but there is quite a demand for them up in the west of Ireland. Right. They had a little bale elevator which was taking them off, taking them off the off the baler, and he was stacking them. And I, this man was a good. I didn't ask him what age he was. He eventually told me. He said, "I'm 74 years of age." Manual That's what he was going to do. There was two of them loading bales. Mandel hand, and I thought, you know what? Good on him. He was just yeah. He was he was he was a good old um good bloke and. Uh, but never drove. He said, "I said, I said you don't you don't have a." I said, "By the way, do you have any problems problems getting lifts?" Uh, he said, "Not at all." He says, "Sure, everyone knows me on this road. I'm, tra- I'm tumming on this road for the last twenty years." You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> That's uh, so where, 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 where he where he was actually where exactly? Yeah, so where he was actually going was a, a little kind of a roadway, just really kind of narrow little roads. It was about two miles from where I let him off, and I thought, "How are you getting up the rest of the way?" Ah, sure, someone will see me. I said, "Go on, sure, I'll bring you up." So I wanted to, I wanted to see me. So we drove up these narrow little roads, and and and, and he was as true as the word into a little farmyard, and there was the, there was like a eleven year old Renault Premium waiting there, and um, the tractors were there, and the old bale elevator and the the baler, and that's what they were going doing. So you know, I, I love meeting those old, especially old blokes like that, seventy four years of age, and um, lift, and they were round bales of hay, not even straw. So no, that's. You know, that takes a bit of doing, and this machine is no. like squashing the round bales into square bales, so they're nicer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, so you, you get a lot of small little farms up the west, and they, mm. they, they don't, they won't have the facility or the need for big bales. So there is a demand, but obviously, I suppose no one is really bailing them out in the fields anymore because there's so, just so much labour involved in you know gather, gathering them up onto the trailer, then stacking them in the shed, and so I didn't even know this was a thing that this is going on. But um, that was that was my little tale from the road, Dougie. No, brilliant. Well, what we're going to do is, the last time you were on, we had a deep dive into the first of three Trucking Driver Special Edition magazines. Now, I've done a little bit of research, and uh, did you know that Trucking Driver was briefly amalgamated with Truck Magazine in 1989? 
I did. I have sure I have a copy upstairs where it says truck as as the major heading, and then it has it's a little incorporating truck and, truck and driver. Well, what had happened at the time was That's they decided right. that yeah. truck and driver wasn't making enough money because there was a recession on and things, oh. and it was only selling forty five thousand issues a month. <laughs> so, for a period of two years, <laughs> yeah, truck and truck and driver were amalgamated, and then they decided to separate them up again, and that's how these three special editions came about. These um, these came out okay. as truck and driver paired off from truck again. So we did the first one, which was called wages, and we're now on to the second one, which is called hours, which one pound fifty, and it's got a bright yellow Scania on the cover of it. Um, which you know a bit about. This is the editor's choice, which well, of course back then meant this is the editor's got, choice. You got the page, you got about a page and a half at the front of the magazine, and then you got a poster in mm. the middle. Um, and it's a lovely poster of the truck sitting between some some electric pylons. So, so you know about a bit, a bit about this truck. You reckon it ended up in a, it ended up in Ireland? Yeah, yeah, it, it did indeed. Just just previous to this um, this streamline. John and Phillips had a Kraken uh, 143 450 top line, uh, which was a, a steel bumper one, we'd call it here in Ireland, or some people would call it a half-door one if you're up from the northern well, half of the country. But that was similarly done. It, it, so the half-door, what you know, the half, streamline, the door comes right the way down, we'll say, to the top step or to the steps mm-hmm. in the bumper, yep. whereas the steel bumper one, the door the door cuts. So anyway, this just depends what, how you want to describe it. But anyway, he had one of those, and that had... That had stacks and it had alloys and it was really, really nice. It didn't have any airbrushing, if I'm correct, but it was, um, I had a picture of that on the wall as well. But then this one came along and this was a really stunning truck. But just to answer your question, yeah, it, it ended up in somewhere up the north. There was a picture of it uh, somewhere up in Belfast, I think, pulling a container. And uh, I didn't hear anything about it, but just coincidentally, or in the last couple of weeks, I saw a few pictures had come up. Uh, on the internet and it said that the truck has been restored and the pictures were just of uh, new airbrushing being done on the side of the cab now the airbrushing it, they're not re- replicating exactly you see the way on the side of that on the side of the say the passenger's door down near the bottom it's got a little whatever there's a horse a guy in a horse like a gladiator i'm sure this one has like a bigger you know drawn of a, of a airbrushing mural mm. of, a, of a gladiator and it, lo- it actually looked quite smart but there was no overall picture of the truck and but they did look quite recent so I mean, you never know, it could be coming back at some stage, well, yeah. I tell you, it's, it's, the style of the truck's dated so well, it looks exactly like it's got a big white bull bar mm. in the front of it with four spotlights, and it's got another four spotlights on the roof, I, I think and it looks like it could have been built that, very that, recently. The, it's got two, it's got double the, wide-angle mirrors on it. I like the stacks as well, how it's got the little silencers, and then it's got the long... Extended yeah. pipes up the back they were of the Swedish. Just cab. To, just to correct you as well, the mm-hmm. the bull the bull bar it just looks white there, but it was actually that's actually just a standard um, aluminium trucks bull bar. That's the off road. Is that not painted? The off road version. You could always tell. Is that silver? I'm looking at the picture on the front. Are you looking at the? the I'm I don't looking even at have both the, of them. The, There's a picture the of it on pace. the cover, and then <laughs> yeah. it's basically repeated on the now, poster. And I reckon I see what you mean. I'm looking at that and saying that that's white, but you're saying it's aluminium. I'll go with what now, you're saying. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with aluminium. Yeah, it's just whoever you can tell that he's been using some pretty fancy lights here, and it probably just gives that. Well, the, of, the photographer is Paul Dubois, who I've never encountered. That was again. like well before my time, so I don't know. If Paul no. could be long retired. God, he did he, by now. He did some good work though, didn't he? He did, aye. The only, th- the yeah. only thing that really dates the truck is the fact it's got a round fuel tank on it, which you don't see anymore. 
That's right. Yeah. That's the only thing that yeah, would make that you say that. must have been because yeah. th- that—that's right. But he obviously made made a conscious decision to put around fuel tank on because they would have came mm-hmm. with in with square fuel tanks. I don't know. Do you want to have so a little, that's little ba- scan that's down going, That's going what back you, on the road. That's going back on the road, which would be good because that's a, that was a really famous talk. A lot of guys would have salivated over that. Well, and it was quite unusual as well for, for what he did. You know, he went for a top line streamline but no wing kit and um and, and it's a four by two you know you would have had a lot of six by twos in england and and sorry the uk in general so uh it says here it took six months work and a total of one hundred and twenty thousand mm. pounds to do that truck so that's mm. serious dough mm. for 1992 you know big money armstrong steels yeah yeah and just in relation then to the um so it says like with the so the so he called this the Royal Centurion, but with just over 100 sold, the limited edition Scania Centurion is a pretty unusual truck. But John M. Phillips has made his example number 86 uh, after the year he started in haulage. Winner of top custom prizes, also a true working truck and very worthy of editor's choice. Just going back to the uh, Centurion, so there was 100 sold, and um, I think does it say it says somewhere a bit, we have a later on we have a we have that's a Centurion. We can talk about that a bit later. Will be the truck on the truck on test maybe. But um, yeah, he went on to have a, 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 a top line 530 after that one. And then the man TGA Excalibur, which was painted blue. That's, the, that's what he had after. And I kind of lost, I lost, the, uh, lost the trail after that. I don't know what he ended up doing or where he ended up. I'm not sure. He started, well, he started the, in 86. This is his 31 there. So he would be 62, mm. sort of 63 now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was so. good friends as well. I think it says it here, does it, that he was friends? Yeah, the exterior detailing of the truck was greatly influenced by a trip to Sweden with fellow Scania showman Graham Cordner. See how they customise most oh, yeah. over there. You can see it's definitely, definitely, I think they're like, are they sort of like Bosch lamps, which would have been a kind of a Swedish thing? And obviously, those stacks are very, have a Swedish look about them and, and the trucks, bull bars. And, All right, I will pro- promise, I will, tracker. I promise when you go to find the podcast, I will put a scan of the truck so you can see this. If you're driving along and you want to see the truck when you stop, you can look at it up on the website and you'll see a picture of the thing so you know what we're talking yeah, about. Exactly. A beautiful, yeah. look, beautiful looking truck. I, for, I forget that um, there's not, not everyone is, is of the same vintage as us, Dougie, and they, they might know what we're blabber, blabbering on about. So a few pictures for a bit of perspective might be no harm as well. Mm. But uh, the instruments were, were uh, have been etched to give black on white detail uh, dials, and John is especially pleased with the little Momo Italian steering wheel as fitted so, to your actual Ferrari. So so I don't think he used that Momo for everyday driving. I'm no, the frustrating thing is that we haven't put a picture of the interior properly in it. There's a picture of the interior no. from the side where it says superb white and red leather trim and it looks like it's maroon or even like sort of uh, purple yeah. almost. But we don't have a picture. <laughs> we don't have a picture of the steering oh, wheel. Proper pictures. Or we don't have a picture of his thirteen hundred watt Pioneer stereo either. No. Which is a bit annoying. No. That was a bit silly, trucking driver, not putting a picture of the interior in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was definitely a truck that would have, you know, deserved an awful lot more. But you can see the the back panel that it has that kind of gladiatorial well, um, theme. That was actually a, a panel that was kind of just stuck on to the back. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's a smooth. flat surface, you know, which it's smooth, which... Yeah, the picture's about the size of a postage uh, stamp as well, which isn't helpful. Yeah, yeah. If it's being rebuilt and it's going to break cover again somewhere, it may it may yet appear in Truck and Driver again. Well, And this time it'll get seven pages. Space, <laughs> <won't we? laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they'll probably do, do it a little bit more justice. Um, so the reg plate is it uh, A20 JMP. A20 JMP, yeah, providing he's got it still on the same reg plate, yeah. Move on. It's the Royal Centurion. The Royal Centurion. Do you notice that we used to do music? You could go and buy CDs and tapes for special reader know. offers for truck and driver. Five ninety nine. You could have had a bit of Pavarotti um, or a bit of Roy Chubby that, Brown. That was, that was for the cassette, and the CD was seven ninety nine. That's right enough. I twenty trucking good music selections to truck and driver readers. I but you could Gloria Gaynor, Otis Redding, Jimi Hendrix, East not Coast bad, Rock. Not bad. Chaz and Dave, Luciano, Pavarotti. I wonder where's how the, where's the country section? You know, what truck drivers were listening to Pavarotti and where's all the country stuff? <laughs> <laughs> now, as we flick on through it, we get to a section called Soapbox, which um, it's, an, it's the same as the sharp end in the current issue. And we are talking about rubbish. Uh, the guy who's written this, Mick Renison, is furious that a guy's chucked a load of rubbish out of his cab and he's talking about litter and laybys. And then he was in a lorry park in Leith and a lorry park in Leith, Edinburgh. Well, that's long gone because I don't know where that is. And drivers are complaining about rats and, and things and just, yeah, nothing's bloody changed. We could be sitting here. Changed, no. We could be sitting here in 30 years' time when we're old and grey and we're talking about, you know, robots driving trucks for us and we'll still be moaning that for some reason there's still bottles of pee and laybys. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to mention that. Have you, it's, it's, it's actually frightening the amount of those that you notice around the place. and you're just, you, can, you can understand why it's okay. It's middle of the night and it's cold. Guys don't know. But I can, why can't you just go over it in the morning, empty it out somewhere, empty and out. dispose of the bottle? Like just throwing it out, oh, it's, just, it's absolutely disgusting. It's, hor- yeah, it's horrendous. Empty it, empty it out, put it in the bin, get, yeah. dispose of it responsibly. It's, um, it's, it's, it's been known as a, a, a number of different times. One of, these, one of the particular one I like is kidney cider. Kidney cider, trucker, you get trucker's <laughs> ties up. Trucker's kidney cider. Oh, jeez. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i tell you what I was we'll move, doing. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. No, well, what I was doing, I, well, I like my chamomile tea, not because I'm healthy or anything, but sometimes I'll pour mm. it out my flask into a clear container. Oh, and, and what does it, it look, look like? It looks exactly like what you'd find at the side That's of the right. road, so... You know, I'm, I'm, right, I'm, yeah. I'm sitting in the truck cab swigging out this bottle and people probably giving me funny yeah, looks be, going, if, he's if not doing if what you're I doing, he's doing. <laughs> if, you're doing nights, if you're doing nights out, you need to be pretty careful in the morning about which bottle you choose. Oh, you're right enough, aye. Oh. You, haven't, I you haven't made that mistake, have you? I haven't made that mistake, but I would be willing to bet that it's mm. a mistake anybody would only uh-huh. ever do once. <laughs> half, half, half awake, yeah. Aye, moving on, we've got so. Shoba. Shubber's trucking types is a long series that ran, and this dates it a little bit because his trucking type is the Ministry Man, which of course has been replaced by the guy from Vosa, the DVSA, and he's got a cartoon about how um, officious um, the man from the Ministry is, and we've got him um, uh, taking down the particulars of his wife who's in the shower because she's not uh, doing it properly. Oh, Shaba, he's brilliant. <laughs> I would have read those with a bit of interest back then. People, it's one of the most popular things in the magazine. He really got mm. going. He was a biker, and he mm. really got truck yeah. driving and everything, and he'd be irreplaceable. I, I, I can't republish the whole things, but I'll put a picture of the one of the animations up where he's got a truck driver and a dog sitting in the cab who haven't had a bath for a few days, and it's, you know, it's really well... really well noted. Yeah. And then we're going to... Yeah. We've yeah. got two pages of legal brief... 
which we can skip over. Mm. And we've got four pages of legal brief. Good grief. <laughs> uh, you've got better driving, mm. and then we've got mm. something about fuel economy and keeping the truck in the green band, which is useful. And it tells you all different trucks, performance table. Wow, this is complicated. Um, to get the best journey time on the least fuel, approach a hill at the highest legal and safe speed possible. Hey, well, things have changed since then because now the truck wants to go and cut its speed mm. <laughs> at the hill mm. and try and lose speed at mm. the top of it. I always said that you should hit a hill as hard as you can at the bottom to hit with as much momentum yeah, yeah. to get up it as quickly as you can. Whereas like certain models of um, uh, truck, uh, DAF, uh, in particular, in the old scan, the old Scania kind of adaptive cruise control from a few years ago, where it would just cut the speed altogether, and then it had realised it hadn't gone fast enough to get up the hill, and would have to apply mm. more fuel, which didn't work. But yeah, that's we've got to that, and then we've Remind. got our, our special investigation in the magazine, which is all about um, hours abuses, time bandits, which of course was much much more rife and much easier to do back in 1992 because all you had to do was like yank a fuse out or something and then yeah. your truck would run which was absolutely you know all sorts of people were at it it was standard yeah. par for the par for the course back then on your analog tachographs um That's right. and they're complaining about um costs going up and hours and um, people have been attracted to truck driving in the past and now it's coming to an end People, drivers simply never saw their families, and I mean, it really mm. was the end of an era back so those early nineties, because it was in the days when you could easily override tachographs, and there were no speed limiters on trucks either, unless they were optional. Right. So you could be tanking it. Yeah. It's, you had some right crazy jobs on the go, and of course, this is just coming towards the end of it. Then, within a couple of years, you'd have speed limiters coming in. Um, and it mm. would become increasingly difficult to go and um, modify your tachograph device as well. So that's right. But I think it was only it's it's only been from from what I've seen it's only been since about um, well from a well, perspective. Anyway, I, well, that, that's the, your perspective's <laughs> going to be different to ours, you know. Well, well I, the biggest I know you were saying that there was a fair few changes around then, but they were probably taken with a grain of salt for by a lot of, a lot of companies uh, yeah, over here. A, a, a vague set of guidelines, so, the, you know. <laughs> a vague set, but the, the, biggest, the biggest one that I've seen is since, um, since would say, 2012 was, was when Scania um, made it that you couldn't put a magnet on the gearbox. You're careful uh, Scania. <laughs> that, that was, that, that was, so from about, some, so there was, it was quite interesting. There was a period there when guys, they'd only buy a pre- yeah. A pre twenty pre twenty twelve model, and I was thinking, well, you kind of can't do that forever. And at some stage, you're going to have well, to buy a new you one. You know, uh, but but definitely, it has. That's that's the biggest one that I've seen, and uh, it's just so well, hard. Got, it's just so hard. Basically, the the majority of you guys now are just it's just it's just not it's worth just not, the, it's just not worth the hassle. The risk the most, and the, I remember it's, um, it's, uh, sort of, when I was doing difficult. a lot of freelance when I was doing a lot of freelance driving about sort of twenty twelve thirteen fourteen. That was when the analog tachograph trucks were starting to be disposed of in fleets, but yeah. you had a lot of fleets that were keeping one or two analogs, and we should probably no, stop that was just talking about this. <laughs> Moving on, as we flick over the next pages, we've got an absolutely beautiful, beautiful, beautiful photograph. I have to say. I love this truck. That is you just, can, that, you for go me, ahead that's and just descri- the essence of the late 80s, what we're looking at. Early, 
Okay, well, I think we're both, yeah, you'd probably be surprised when they hear that. It's actually, it's an ERF E10 325. So it's got a, a truck's off-road bull bar on the front. It's got uh, a couple of ERF mud flaps, hella jumbo 120 uh, covers on the spotlights, a couple of little orange lights under the number plate. It's got a turbo badge, which comes from my Veco. We've got a stone guard, a couple of spotlights, uh, a couple of Hadley square air horns, two CB aerials, alloy wheels, um, pulling a flat trailer, and uh, we've got uh, Paul Hinchcliffe, who's roping and sheeting big loads yep, of indeed. paper rolls. Dave Young learns the from ropes of general haulage from old hand Paul Hinchcliffe. It so says that's that it. Yeah, old red, hand Paul Dave Hinchcliffe. As we know, Paul's still running today. Well, last, time, last time I saw his, uh, last time right, I saw yeah. a, DAF, a very smart DAF XF, and he was at the truck racing. Um, but that looks a yeah, bit of weight. Right. That's it's a pretty smart XF. Uh, that, that's what's it, what's tag axle on that one, isn't it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's a tag axle XF he's got today. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a crack. Just say as well, thing. the photographs are by Mark Mark Rayner. Mark Rayner. Yeah, I don't know. Who the, I, that's yeah. not another. It's another name I'm not familiar no. with. But he's got a triaxle trailer, and that's that's reels no. of paper he's loading onto a flatbed. So that's going to be what? That's going to be 38 tonnes gross, that, isn't it, at the time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a fair old load, for, load nice for, the, for the big Cummins. Well, it's not, in fact, it's not the big Cummins because it's an that's E10. Really, yeah. It's By that point, it's, uh, oh, that, she's only, she's it's ten, just ten, a baby Cummins. 10 litre. Because uh, you go a few years back so and a 320 would have been the big 14 litre. So, could you hazard a guess at what gearbox, what gear, I'm gonna, what gearbox that one? I'm going to guess before I've read anything else that it's got a twin splitter in it, but I haven't read on to find out. We've got a no, picture of him. Look, no, Paul's only twenty-three sure. here. Let's have a little. So it just says here, but as a lad, he grew up with trucks and had a as a baby, his carry caught off and set on the dog kennel in his cab. Thirteen, thirteen members of the family worked for the Bury-based Lancashire firm, and what a fellow the driver generally described as. Hinchcliffe Territory, show your passport at the top of the hill. <laughs> Headed by the determined 80-year-old patriarch Herbert, the Hinchcliffe's have hauled locally since the horse and cart days, predominantly operators of British Motors, currently many ERFs, but including the last of a large number of unlamented by the driver's Dennis's. Hmm. Hmm. Firm reacts cautiously to change. Actually, I was just going to mention something as well. If, if you wanted to buy a truck nowadays... That was had some say, uh, how would I describe it? You know, that was kind of linked to a bit of you know, Britishness or Englishness. Would a DAF would, would be the only would be the one that would the, be closest linked, seen as they're they're, a, they're, they're manufactured in Britain, yeah, yeah, that's, UK. that's what you would that's what you assembled. would go by. Yes, a DAF, all right hand yeah. drive DAFs are assembled in, in the UK. In fact, our editor's choice from last month, Dan yeah. Lote, he got to see his truck coming down the production line. Um, so, I, yeah, the the yeah, the fully, that's how they ended up. Foden ended mm. up being built on the same production line as DAF, but they were selling so many DAFs that they needed to free okay. up the capacity, and so they decided in the end it wasn't worth building right. seven hundred Fodens a year. So they um, closed okay. Foden down. So um, there were talk about that factory is really busy because DAF's a market leader in the UK. So I think they've got the market right, shares yeah. getting on for like thirty percent for twenty years running. For twenty years running, I yeah, and then of course you had at one stage you had you had Volvo in in, Volvo in, in Scotland, Scotland yeah. as well. They and they went on for yep, yeah. So yeah they, Volvo, they were pretty yeah, yeah. popular. But I often wonder, often wonder if, if that's why DAF is is that part of the reason why DAF or does it have any 
contributing factor to white dafts or so are number one in, in the UK. Possibly. Maybe, I maybe think, not. I mean, oh, no. they've, they've been established for that long with a yeah. dealer network. They also do seven and a half ton trucks up as well, which Scania and Volvo don't do. Uh, so you've got your LF going all ah, the way up. Okay, yeah. And gotcha. They know. They know people. You get people yeah. online talking, saying, you know, ah, oh, daffit. We've got a daff and it's a nightmare, and this and that, and the next thing. I'm like, well, they must be doing something right if they sell that many of the things. And you can still have a daft with a manual gearbox exactly, in it. Exactly, yeah. If you check Truck and Driver next month, you'll see some spy right. shot photos of the new daft. Uh, oh, very good. Yeah. But we don't know. And I did. I think I mentioned to you the last day. I have a guy, a guy with a brand. He's got a brand new. 530 space cab coming with a manual box and he always has yeah, truck, please, so please photograph it for a, me because the feature on that <laughs> I will indeed yeah I mean Paul so just interestingly Paul's regular rig is, an, is the era, yeah. Era, yeah he said sorry his next truck will be an era F2 400 brake horsepower is just right for 38 tons but this is a good one but it's not but it's not got it on the hills he said it's about 325 yeah it doesn't go into any sort of much um, technical get, detail yeah. on the trucks does it tell us what it's a 10-litre 325 Cummins, so if it, it doesn't tell you what gearbox is in it. I don't know if we can identify it from... It tells you it's got 24 no. tonnes of paper reels on it. And if you flick across yeah. the pages, it's got a really nice... <laughs> it's got a load of details. It shows them sheeting and roping and sheeting the entire load. Now, mm. of course, this... Mm. I don't think that would be allowed today, the covering that that has got on it. They would probably want that all... Strapped down, but what a hell of a job he's done stra uh, roping and sheeting it. It's um, you wouldn't learn that in a hurry. And there's a tiny little picture of him no. with a phone at the side of his head, and you can see. I think that's got. It's a long. It's a longer gear lever, but it's an E series, because the twin splitter yeah. and the, the EC was a very short, stumpy lever. So I wonder if this is a nine-speed Road Ranger that's in this. I mean, we could probably try and find okay. Paul and ask him. But he's got a picture of him. He's got, he's, he's got a gigantic mobile phone clamped to the side of his head, um, I, which is I on a that. which is on yeah, a flexi cord attached to the dash, and it's got. Love it. It says in the caption, "Phoning from unloading queue." So there must be. Yeah, yeah. There must be even in 1992 just, uh, a bit of stigma about using your phone when driving. I love. Oh, of course. Yeah, I like. There's a little piece here that stands out. We were soon on the motorway. And it was an easy hour's drive south to the manufacturing plant that was our destination. Paul's truck seemed to be an entrant in the how much can you get in an ERF and still see out the window contest. <laughs> Interior design includes a cab, cab cab phone, fridge, radio, radio cassette, CB, dash top TV, flag sticker, second bunk, photos, twin fans, ooh, twin fans and trophies. It has, according to the pilot, got more furniture than it has. The outside features a host of running lights. Blah, 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 yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, yeah. I do as many shows as I can and he's usually placed in the best working truck class Oh, yeah, but um, I think it's it's tastefully done. It's not. It has it's dated. It's, um, it's everything. It's, it's another truck that's, yeah. that's dated. Well, as we go through the course of these old trucking drivers, we will encounter trucks where you'll look at them and go, "Well, yeah, you know that's that's like that's of right. its time. That's like a good moustache yeah, and mullet yeah. combination." But this ERF has got, it's got the right. it's got the slightly raised cab. There's a little bit of space above the windscreen on it. I'm not sure what that's um, called. It's. It's um. Yeah. I mean the um. This is the E series was still the current model then. The the EC didn't come out until the following year. That's, but it's a, it, that's right. The ECs were were a lot softer looking. Weren't they? I thought the I thought the E was a kind of a much tougher looking truck. Just that front mm -hmm. and they were they were pretty beefy looking around the front. I thought. Yeah, there wouldn't have been many. They wouldn't have sold many ERF ECs in Ireland, would they? 
That wouldn't have been a particularly popular he, vehicle, would it? He, he sees not a huge amount. Now, a couple of the fuel, maybe like Wynn Canton or someone like that, might have been in with like big contracts with some of the major fuel suppliers, mm -hmm. and we would have had a few that way, but not so much just with with mm -hmm. uh, with General Hauliers, no. As you flip over as well, I tell you what you get, there's a step-by-step one-page guide on tying the knot. There's a 16-step guide on how to tie a proper dolly knot. I remember doing. We, we, I had to learn to do this we, from my driver CPC. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say we we, we wouldn't know anything about tying the knot, metaphorically speaking. Or no, well, that, tying the knot these days means getting a vasectomy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was I wasn't even speaking about getting married. All oh, right. Oh well, that means that as well, eh? <laughs> we don't know that either. Moving on we'll from move on to the, the trucker's, trucker's test, test. Yep, we've got a top of the range, another Scania, a Centurion, and this time it's an H-Reg 113M360 top line. So we've got all the guys in the truck stop who get to, who are, who are all get to go and take a bit of a shot of it. Now this would have been at the time a comfortable modern truck, you know, mm. there's a lot of much older stuff than this in the road at the time. That's right. So. I'd be curious it's, to find it's in, out. Interesting as well that mm -hmm. she's a. Uh, it's sort of just it's it's a Centurion as well. So I, what I, what yeah. I've just noticed now is um, the Centurion spec was available. Uh, all have now been sold with any R cab Scania and our test truck numbered zero zero one in the hundred vehicle series. So she was the first. She was number one. So they all got a little. Um, they got a little plaque. They got so the Centurion package. To be honest, it didn't really. There wasn't a whole lot of stuff that you got with a Centurion that you couldn't expect anyway, so I'll just go through it here. Uh, pack includes twin air horns, okay, you could buy them, external temperature sensor, uh, under bumper lights, headlamp wash wipe, and a sun visor and badges with the Centurion logo. Inside the cab, there's a four-speaker stereo, woohoo, and a CD player, an air seat for both the driver and passenger, central locking, special seat covers, first aid kit, fire extinguisher, and an overnight bag. So really, there was nothing particularly exclusive. No, you got um, the air it doesn't mention it. No, that's, um, a good, that's a good question. But it was interesting as well. So it says you could get a, a, an Annie R cab. So basically, you could get a, you could just get a, there was a company called, do you remember it? Robson's? I think they've transported a lot of um, drinks and soft drinks, that kind of thing. They bought, they bought, I think they bought 113s. Uh -huh. And, um, but so, so there was, there was both streamlines and there was non streamlines. And then there was, because I remember then there was a few kind of all there was guys going around making you get the Centurion logo made up for the visor, mm. and, and there was a few kind of um, questionable ones going around. So that that's just a little little piece on the Centurion, but um, that's a, that's a so she's a one thirteen top line streamline tag axle, and um, you'd wonder where where it would have ended up. Ah, you wonder. It's um, it mm. seems to get a who's driving it. We've got Trevor Freak, F R E E K. Who drives a Mercedes seventeen thirty five for Rowley's Frozen Foods, and he reckons the cab sways a lot compared to the Mercedes because the cab's air suspended, and a lot of drivers say you get seasick with an air suspended cab. He says there's plenty of storage. There's no room in the Merc, so of course that's quite. It's, it's a small it, by by today's standards. That's a small cab, the Scania. But back then, you know, there would have been a lot of guys knocking about in day cabs. Uh, things that's like, right things like that uh, one of the companies i was interested in here dougie um one of the drivers uh, paddy allen paddy was on his way at south in the scania 142 he drives for oliver transport of kelso on the scottish border so i'm you, i'm sure you're familiar with, with oliver's they've got a yeah they've got a lovely looking fleet yeah scania's 
Yep, that's mm, right. But they, they seem to be all at six cylinders now. They, they, they did have some V8s. I used to see them at Pallet Line regularly because they, they were part of the Pallet Line network when I used to go in with Drummond's. Um, it is not okay. a com- it's not a company I've actually visited for a feature for Trucking Driver. Okay. Maybe I should give them a shout, actually, because it's one place I've never actually been. They're smart-looking trucks. They're smart, and I like the fact that they've kept that old uh, traditional livery, and it looks like they still paint the trucks and... Um, do. Anybody well. listening from all of us, hit us up. <laughs> so move, we'll move on from that. Then we've got a we've got an article. Ben Mee joins an, uh, an aging fleet of classic U.S. trucks on hard labor on hard labor on the cane fields of Hawaii. I tell you what, hmm. I don't I don't know who Ben Mee does or where he's going, but this is one hell of a blag. See if I could get myself on a trip to Hawaii to go and like go and look at some trucks. <laughs> yeah. Yo, th- that go, that yeah. would do nicely. I could very much go for that. It's a cracking picture of these. Well, it's hard to yeah. tell. It's these kind of military-looking Kenworths, and they yeah. look old. But on the other hand, you can probably still buy one that looks exactly like that today. Well, not, <laughs> they, not, they not only we've Ken- Kenworths, we've got um, we've got a white, we've got a Canadian haze. Ooh, that's and we've a, also got an auto, oh, an auto car diesel. An auto car diesel, yeah, an enormous long bonnet, mm. tiny cab, and a little mm. short, stumpy stack. That's a mean yeah. looking thing, and they're hauling sugar cane out the fields in Hawaii. That's, that's a good. Right, sto- yeah. That's a good story. This, I take it, he must be Ben Mead. Must be native to Hawaii to have supplied this sto- this story. Mm. But it's a good long. Set, it's a cracking mm. set of old old mean as hell looking trucks. Mm. Company policy. Vintage fifties. Mm. It's hard to tell if they're 1950s because they could easily be 1980s, those That's trucks. Right. Yeah, <laughs> they, they could, they don't, not, not much has changed in the, uh, the design of a lot of them anyway. But... No, 35 mile an hour speed limit on mm. site and unloading 1,200 pound seed crates out the field ready for planting. Yeah, the sugar cane just looks like a right, it's like, it's like piled right out the top of the trailers and streaming over the sides of it because they're trying to get as much as possible into the into the into the trailers for each <laughs> I was in I was in uh, I was in India about uh, six years ago I saw them harvesting sugar cane so they were harvesting it by hand you were in, you were in India uh, India well, you're, yeah. you're on holiday just, I think you didn't drive there on holiday no no, no it's <laughs> a, a, bit of a, a bit of a look around I hired out an old um, hired out uh, Royal Enfield it was a classic, five, classic 500 that was the model and I just had it headed off out into the Hired in Mumbai and just went south and had a look in the countryside. But they were they were harvesting sugar cane, but they were um they were they were cutting it by hand, like they had sort of I suppose you could call them machetes, and then loading it onto mm-hmm. uh, there was tractors and tractors and trailers. You know they had they'd have about I don't know, have a couple of different trailers coming on behind, and then there was teams of oxen as well, like mm-hmm. bullocks just going along the road, massive teams of them, and uh, and, and of course trucks, and it was just very interesting to see. How much of it was still done by hand? But uh, these you're guys so well to... travelled, Paul. You need to write yourself. You need to write a book one day about all your travels and everywhere mm, you've been. I, uh, well, if if I had at that time, I actually wasn't writing articles for truck magazines. But um, talking in general, it's a, a general book about all these adventures. True. You make me look incredibly dull. I'm not sure I'm happy about this. True. Really? Yeah. Oh, you're not supposed <laughs> to agree. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just looking down here. I was uh, I was looking down at these, looking down, thinking, how many photographs do I have of those trucks in? Um, in India and uh, how, how interesting well they'll all be crazy be. looking Maybe things they're not like hanging got loads of ornaments and things hanging off them those kind of trucks yeah you've, you've got um, Ashok Leyland there's yes, the Nick that was down there and then you've got then you've got Barat Benz so in order to 
Lincoln North, you can't just go into India and start selling trucks. You've got to, they're pretty protective of their local market. So you've got to team up with, mm-hmm. team up with a local company. It's the same thing with motorbikes. You'll see Honda Hero and you'll see um, just all. So they're, they're pretty protective, but I was just mad to see those old trucks, but they don't go very fast. They're all scooted no. along pretty sedate speed. But um, yeah, they're, they're interesting to look at if you're mad into trucks. Oh, uh, moving so, on. The last, well, I think this must be the last. Is it the last main feature? We've got a we've got a feature on a nineteen nineteen Caledon on the London to vintage, London to Brighton vintage. Run. Nick Baldwin wrote about this. Nick Baldwin's a, um, a well known journalist, um, and it's got this ancient truck which has got no windscreen in it. It must have been just at the very earliest days of the internal combustion engine. Um, That's right. And then we've got George Bennett drives the backup truck for Knowles Transport, which is a Scania with a 1954 Foden on the back of it. So this is a story about the London to Brighton vintage run. 113, I'd say. 113, Knowles Transport, they're still on the go. And actually, I saw a friend of mine shared a picture. He was in their yard. You can see the difference. Their trucks are... Trucks yeah, are very, yeah. still very smart looking. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you can see the pit. What you mean about the door? Because that's not not a streamlined model. The door doesn't come to cover the set, cover the top step. She, she's a half door, sir. A half door, sir. But uh, yeah, I was just looking. That's actually a 1990 Caledon. Nick and his 1990. 1990. That truck is so it's now 102 years yeah. old. And it's got a Scottish. It's got a Scottish flag on the bonnet. Is that? Uh, I suppose if we if we. Cal- well, Caledon. I take it must mean Caledonia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's hard to believe that for several years in the early part of this century Scotland produced more commercial vehicles than just about anywhere else in Europe good grief, really? I didn't know that today we remember chiefly our oh. Gyle, Beardmore, Arl Johnston, Halley and Albion well I remember, I remember Albion but there were lots of others yeah. serving the heavy industries of Clydeside amongst the also runs was Scottish commercial cars, makers of Caledon lorries from 1915 to 26, followed by the Tainch brothers, who had worked for Argyle. The business started up as the Commer distributorship in Scotland. So there you go, Scotland used to build loads and loads of lorries. I did not know That's that. There you go, I'm, lear- yeah. I'm learning things from this magazine. <laughs> there you go, you learn something new every day. And we flick on and then we've picture got post. Picture post. Picture post. I, just, I tell you what. Sorry, that, I just, uh, what one? What ones? What ones jumping out at you most from the? Oh page? well, I, I. So there's one here, uh, hand, head and shoulders. So F16 Globetrotter with all the trimmings at South Mims, and I stared at that photograph. But the photo, the photograph is by Tom Adams. Sorry, yeah, Tom Adams. I, I, I would have stared at that for probably far too long back in the day. So it's owned. <laughs> um, I, and it only recently, well, in, when I say recently, in the last couple of years, it, it came up on the internet. And it's actually a company called, I think it's John Phillips. Not the John Phillips that we were speaking about with the other, but they're a, they're a Scottish company. So it's an F-16 Globetrotter. She's a 470. Uh, it's got two lights. It's got Scotland written on the visor. It's two got lights the, that's the, the visor. Deal, that's like the demonstrator, like the launch they're, um, they're, graphics, they're isn't the, it? The 470 on the side. Cor- Correct. So you can. You, so she's pretty early. It's like, what's an E red? Is E? Is that like nineteen eighty seven? Is she one of the early ones? Eighty seven, eighty eight. Yeah, that would be one of the first yeah, ones. Yeah. So she's an eighty seven, eighty eight. Probably would have been on um, on on steel springs in the back. She's got the four square lights under the bumper, two Volvo mat, um, wood flaps, and it's got uh, the jet black in, in, a, in done in a registration plate on the front of it. E seven to seven XUS. But I saw photographs lately. They were at a truck show. 
and they had um, they had a couple of trucks. The other ones, um, they, they were also Volvo's, maybe F10s, F12s. But that one really now that would have that was my kind of poster truck as a as a youth that F16. So that's the one for me. What about you? Well, you can see there's a couple of pictures. There's an A there's an AEC Mandator on a P Ridge with a P&O tank masters container tank trailer on it and it says that this truck was at work for parries until recently mm. and that's one of the things you've got to remember about the, sort of, the early 90s that there were still trucks from the 70s at work back then and it, i couldn't that's imagine true, yeah. if you think i mean that's a peer edge that truck would be 15 years old and if you're going to go and work a 15 year old truck today that means you're getting in something from 2006 like my Ford and alpha that i sold is older than that you could be talking about a DAF. Okay. Yeah. You could be talking about a DAF oh. 105XF scrapes in on that. But you look at these trucks from the 70s compared to the modern ones there, and the difference is just unbelievable. Right. Imagine I could imagine like turning up at work one day, right? What am I driving? And they hand you the keys to an AEC <laughs> mandator. And below it there's That's a right. below it there's an unusual truck with no date on it, and it's a really long wheelbase Ford D series. Eight legger twin that's steer front, and I don't know if that's a truck that would have been made from the factory. Um, I don't know if Ford would have made that. Begin to, tur- begin to tur- turn that thing like it looks that wheelbase looks enormous. I, 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 I dread to think what the steering lock would be like on it, but it, it's a Ford D series, and I, yeah. I, I don't think that would have been done for the factory. That'd be one to ask Peter Davies about, I think, to go and um, to go and get him to, conf- <laughs> to confirm it. On- on the other page, then, we've got a 1975 Bonnet and Mac working in Irish Cement Works, photo from Des Omorku. So, to the best of my knowledge, um, I had a look into this, and it said that Roadstone, I think that was the Irish, whatever, Roadstone, they were, it said that they were distributors for Mac in Ireland, and this, they, as well as operating their own ones, they sold a few in, in Ireland and, and in the north as well. In the, in there were a the few Macs sold. Say, sorry, there were a few Macs sold yeah. in the UK as well. Right-hand drive ones as well. You know, that's right. Yeah, and it said it's someone. I had a look as well. Someone said that they were assembled. Now I'd have to go back and check that, but there was possibly that that was somewhere up around kind of Navan, sort of Tara County Mead, that that direction. But um, there was a few. There was a few Macs actually at that time doing the doing the content. There was um, there was a guy. Uh, Lee O'Neill down in Greg the Man in Kilkenny actually he had one he actually bought one back lately as a classic truck but um they were uh, oh they would have been yeah they, they would have, this this is this is a bonnet one they were doing I think they were were they the F were the F F seven hundred series would have the cab over the ones. F is the cab this is an R six hundred and it's got the same yeah basic cab appearance as the rubber ducks Mac but obviously it's That's a right, tiny yeah. little short wheelbase thing it looks like a shunting tug mm. almost with mm. a cement tank trailer on it and I'm gonna guess. I'm going to guess from the picture that it's that's a yard shunter by this point, and that it's no it wouldn't be used on the roads any any longer. Yeah, uh, yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't know. This is still the nineties. We still had this is still Ireland in there. Scrap on the roads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't forget now we weren't we weren't all big fancy S six fifties everywhere back then, Dougie. So and just above that, then um, I actually I quite like the color. This is another New Zealander. M Wilson sent this picture of a Canadian version of the Kenworth T six hundred dubbed the T six hundred two. Smart fairing matches the bulk body, and um, just sorry to uh, if if um, if I'm name dropping again. But when I was in New Zealand earlier earlier in the year, <laughs> I actually met a truck. I was and I was in the passenger seat. I met uh, a truck coming along the road with that very same paint job. I started blabbering and shouting, and Andy's like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, this, 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 "I've seen that in the magazine. I used to look at pictures of it." But anyway, this company are still going. 
they do logs and um, they do logs and oh. that's that was I think for well, would have been like wood chip, this, but she's got a she's got a drag would trailer. Would this, yeah. this run with a would this run with a trailer on it then because it's a six before yeah, you can, quite a dumpy you looking tipper with the, high sides on it and it's a bonneted. If you, that must have been the new kind of streamlined Kenworth cab at the time. It looks quite yeah. It looks quite modern, um, like it's a new that's, truck. That, that was that was when they tried to uh, and you'd see it's got it, it doesn't have the big air snorkels and the. Uh, Stuff like that, but you can see if you look at the back of it, you can see where the, just the front of the trailer coming around behind it. But oh um, yeah, so you can yeah that red bits of trailer. Yeah, right, right. The, 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 yeah, and it's got the, you know single windscreen and all that. But um, they had a lot of it. They had a lot of airflow kind of stuff that side skirts and all that. And I know in a, in Australia, like a lot of that stuff went by the wayside when it hit kangaroos, and they, you know it, it wasn't very good for for cooling, and letting air in around the cab in in, in the hot, but uh, mm. or the hot temperatures, but. Uh, the thing I noticed about the latest uh, TD haulage truck was it didn't have those real nice, they're, they're pretty cool looking stripes. You see the way they're done. They, they had kind of gone for this modern sort of 90s sort of swooshy, you know, mm. mid 90s, early 2000s kind of swooshes. And it's got a little Canadian sticker on the side of it for some reason. It's, it's a Canadian, it's, it's because it's a New Zealander that sent a picture, sent this picture of a Canadian version of a Kenworth T600. So he says that this truck's from. Well, it can't. It's definitely got a New Zealand number plate on it. Yeah. So it's yeah. a so Canadian. It's, it's, it's a Canadian. It could have been spec. assembled in. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. It could have been. Yeah. Maybe that's why. That's a Canadian bad, version yeah. of the T six hundred D mm. T six hundred two. There's mm. some not quite making sense about that. Well, it, it could have been the, you know, that, Maybe that that was a Canadian designed model or a Canadian assembled or mm. something along those lines. Possibly. Yeah. They probably. They probably they would they wouldn't have been assembled in that particular one in mm. Australia. And I know that New Zealand get quite a lot of trucks from. Mm -hmm. from Australia so mm. Mm. Well, as we move on we've got a couple of pages of black and white we've got a couple of black and white pages of black and white pictures which a driver had sent in from the 50s which is a Mr RF Leggett and there's a picture of um, various vehicles including a folding steamer like a traction almost like a traction engine thing a steam wagon um, and a, a few a few other different trucks in black and white, which is quite a nice little thing from the period. And then we've got not, a model maker. Oh, yeah. Who makes trucks out of wood. There's a guy called Michael Jagger who uh, carves wo uh, wooden truck models. They're pretty good. They are very good, actually, yeah. What scale are they? 1 to 20th scale. So they'll be a little bit along the same lines as the Italeri stuff. Quite skillful, actually, when you look at them there. There's a lot of work going into those. Yeah, there's a lot of work going into it, and then we've got some more model details and things as well. Um, that's quite a smart looking thing. That there's um, I've, there's a Volvo from R and H Model Auto, and it says it is unrealistic in some respects. <laughs> and if you look at the cab, it's actually what is it's that? actually a Euro Trotter. It's a Euro is Trotter. That what that is? Is that what that? That's cab? a Euro Trotter. But we've got but a picture of an F10 Volvo, and it's got a, a, a sleeper cab extension in the top. Which doesn't so, look to be in scale with the rest of it, I don't think. Just, just to, uh, just to quiz you, are you familiar with the layout, the interior layout of a Eurotrotter? Uh, no, no, I am not. You, do you know where the bunk is in a Eurotrotter? Is it above the windscreen? Could you hazard a guess at where? Is it above the windscreen? No, no. I that's what I always would have thought, but uh, on, on further research, what it is, the you let the front, let the seats forward, mm -hmm. the back the seats go forward, and a bunk folds from the back wall. Right. So it just fall it just falls down. Whereas I always thought they were a top sleeper, but um, just the piece of useless information there that's uh, 
So there we go. When you go on to the next page, then you have um, the back issues. And, th and there we can see there's one. There's a, a back issue from November 1990, and it's called The Big One. Magnum takes on Mercedes, Scania, and Man in our 500 horsepower shootout. And that's a truck magazine, and it has the little incorporating truck and driver. I have to maybe dig that one out to go uh, what, and see. What a, that's, what a, that's a big what test. A, that. What, a, what a test. Um, would have been uh, 1990, would have been a or an 1850 or a 1740 it probably would have been an 1850 502 v8 man they were actually all they were all v8 the magnum was a v8 500 scanning yeah, they would all be v8 sir yeah uh, no the man the man man would have been a v10 a v10 Joseph. wouldn't it yeah five, 502 yeah so that was yeah there was look at those for trucks wow somebody they all look pretty impressive yeah pat kennett looks now, back on tilt cabs when they were new and then we yeah, got a bit of then there's a how it works the truck gearbox that's got an interesting thing that actually tells you how a gearbox physically um, produces gets power from the engine into the road a bit of technical information oh, if that. I was a child if I was reading this in my teens like kind of like growing up I would have like absorbed I would have mm. sucked that information in I wouldn't have remembered anything <laughs> that I'd learned in school <laughs> that day in computing class of course not or of course maths not. I think it's or funny physics here it but I would, I would be able to memorise this entire page about how a truck gearbox works <laughs> it says here a typical family car has about 80 horsepower Ooh. and if a truck has to have a similar amount of uh, of power for each tonne the power to weight ratio it would need an engine of about 300 brake horsepower sorry 3000 brake horsepower but of course trucks have a lot less than that even today the most powerful trucks have only about 500 brake horsepower so how things have changed that's we've got a whole series of those. Well, I don't know how long this runs on for. I don't know if it's just a series of three because these are the special issues of how it works as well. Um, on the opposite page, there's a know your trucks as well. I quite like that. Know your trucks number two, and this is this is obviously aimed at kids, and it's like spotting, so you can and know your trucks number two is a Volvo FL10, and it's got lots of little details, facts, and figures on it. You know, it's kind of like a top trumps card telling you all about the truck I actually really like that of course there was more variety back then because they had yeah. like ma more manufacturers right, maybe yeah. I could go and do it. I might bring this back in the magazine and truck scene I might do uh, I might do a page for junior truckers yeah to go and you know because um, we, mm. we do quite often get sent my dad's pictures of kids with their dad's truck and things right. like that I might go and bring yeah. that back know your trucks uh, yeah, that was that was quite a smart looking truck. So it's a it's a Ferry Masters FL10. So the cab is yellow, the door is white, and the rims are painted yellow. Whether it's got, it's got like the Volvo, a, a lot of time chrome. for painted wheels. What's that? I've got you a don't lot, like them? Uh, no, I do like painted wheels. I've got a lot of time for them. You know. It's, oh, you do them. Yeah. You, you would like the um the the truck I was out the truck I was out in last week. The cab was black and the rims were painted white. Which yeah, I like that white white wheels. Took a little while to get used to it once, but trucks, they, yeah. they they took a. Take a bit of time to get you to keep them clean. Anyway, that was one thing. Although there was so much salt on the roads last week because of um, when I was in, it was minus ten where I was mm. up in uh, up in Switzerland. But it said wind wind chill feels like minus seventeen, and it definitely felt like it. But there was just so much salt. The truck was actually it looked the black had nearly turned uh, white turned with the amount of salt. <laughs> oh no! Nothing not like yeah. you can do. It, no, it yeah. was so very cold over the past few weeks. It's milder today, thankfully. We're on the road towards summer. Yeah. Um, but I mean that that concludes the yeah. that concludes the magazine because we've just got a couple of pages of crosswords and things which nobody likes anyway. Do drive and then you get the last word. Do drivers get enough time off? 
Um, that's a pretty stupid question to go and ask Laurie. Let me guess. Yeah. No. I, I, I think I'd like to work some more, please. Yeah. Thirty-six-year-old yeah. Billy Knight that's sporting right. some impressive tattoos. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's not bad. And that that uh, finishes off the magazine. Good. I'm telling you what, we're only going to get mm. through this magazine in this session. You had better get yourself off I, to your I, gym appointment. I was, I was looking at that's taken I was up. looking at that. Yeah, I had great intentions of doing. <laughs> let's do a half an hour magazine, but um, no, it's, that's rattled us through. We, and I, that's had few, I had a few side topics there, which which worked out pretty well. I thought, yeah, yeah that, that's that one finished off. So that's the second of our three truck and driver special editions of it. A deep dive into. Um, the one to finish off with which we'll do uh, probably when you get back from Switzerland again is Bosses which has got the Maguire's Volvo F16 on the front so you're going to be going into some detail about that I can imagine oh, I'll be I'll be I'll be yeah I'm sure will that was um, and and uh, a little bit about uh, Maguire's of Cheltenham as well very very well known company that ran top spec trucks so um, I think we'd, I think it'd be worthwhile giving them a bit of a Yep. bit of a mention as well Dougie fantastic cool right we'll wrap this up for this episode thanks very much for your time and I shall catch up with you again soon pleasure Dougie talk to you next week cheers bye bye thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode to keep up to date with the latest news 100% for drivers visit truckanddriver.co.uk where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.